Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the Stain Podcast. Once again, I happen to have my friend Ginger Redhound on the show. He's a guy that's interested in a lot of topics and he knows a lot about them. He has been reading a lot about the paranormal. He's been very interested in this topic for quite a while. I've known him for a few years and he's always been talking about this. I myself happen to have um, you know, some experience with, with, with the paranormal when I was young. And that's sort of why I believe that this is an interesting topic. But just to start this off, Thomas, I want to welcome you on the show. This is your second episode now on the Stan Experience. Thank you. I'm um, I'm very happy to be here. I'm not actually that knowledgeable on this topic of the paranormal, but I do find it very, very interesting. Right. And paranormal phenomena as a whole, it can be found in various different religious texts. For example, in Islam, there's this thing called jinns. And I'm not sure what it exactly is, but I believe that it's basically just ghosts or, or demons. So, I mean, it, it's been a part of uh, human history for, for thousands of years. I mean, people have been claiming to see uh, things that they cannot really explain for thousands of years. Um, on the top of your head, like on the first sight, you might believe, you might, you might, you, you might be led to think that, you know, there is... Um, a normal explanation for most of these sightings and, and and maybe there is there's this thing called um where you hallucinate uh, right after you wake up um it has a name i don't really remember the name of it but it's been used to discredit a lot of paranormal sightings throughout history and that kind of leads me to the second topic which is evidence now thomas i want to ask you i mean is is there any raw evidence for for paranormal phenomena? Because I I, I believe that that's why many people are so um, they're, they're so afraid to talk about this topic. They don't want to talk about this topic because they they believe that it's incredibly stupid. Because I mean, it's true that you know I think it's true at least that there that there there are no um, evidence for paranormal phenomena to be real. What do you think, Thomas? Is there? To me, it seems like there is no empirical evidence that the paranormal is real. Um, the, the only kind of evidence that you can point to is sort of the areas where there is a lack of evidence, where you can say that science does not know what this is. And, and because there is a sort of a barrier, because there is something which makes the scientists unable to uh, study um, the paranormal, then that, that could, in a way, be a form of evidence. That's the only evidence that I can really think about. Otherwise, you know, I don't think you're going to really be able to find a scientist who believes in, in, the, in the paranormal. They're, they're always, you know, going to be extremely reality-bound. You know, scientists are trained, basically. That, that's a whole worldview to only believe in things that ha has got clear evidence. And if anything has not got clear evidence, they just won't believe in it. No, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's impossible to study the paranormal. 
I'm not even sure that we know what the paranormal is. You talked about the religious part earlier, which is very, very interesting because it seems like I've heard stories of people who hallucinate ghosts and other beings like that. And the, if they, if they're religious, they, they um, hallucinate from, you know, they hallucinate something of the religion that they believe in. That seems like that it's a sort of like selective hallucinations sometimes, which can be discredited as like paranormal when it's actually not paranormal. And it seems to me that because religion is, is made up that um, if, you know, all those sightings of the, of the religious sightings that we know, the religious where people see, you know, a, a jinn or where they see a, like Jesus Christ or God or something that those can be discredited as hallucinations. Those others where people do not see something religious, that's, that's harder to discredit. Right. When you have, when you have a phenomena that, you know, millions of people around the world claim to be witnessing, surely there has to be some sort of research on this topic. I mean, surely there's no way there isn't. And I know that you've mentioned to me privately a guy called um, Lloyd. I think Lloyd Auerbach or something. And I believe that he's a professor actually researching paranormal phenomena. Is that true? Can you tell me a little bit about him? Yeah, I mean, I I know about Lloyd. Uh, talked to him, researched with him, did, did stuff. And he he's, uh, yeah, I know about him. He's a paranormal researcher. Um, some would say his work is not particularly embedded in like sci the scientific method. Some would call it unscientific. Some would, you know, call it perfectly fine. He himself would obviously call it perfectly fine. But, you know, he's one of the few people who actually study the paranormal as a, like as a main subject. Right. And ha has he concluded anything out of that research? Has he reached any conclusions whatsoever? Um, he has released books where he talks about this, but I haven't actually read the books. As far as I know, he has not had any conclusive research. If he had, that, that would be main news. Like there would be headlines. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure of that because obviously uh, to, to become a professor, I mean, that's that's tough. But once you become a professor, I mean, it doesn't mean necessarily that um, you know everything, that you're you're able to conclude things um, like that. And I think I think you'd you'd agree with me because many people criticize his work and they don't believe that what he's doing um, will produce or will be able to produce any real scientific evidence whatsoever. Now, the reason that we're sitting here today. Uh, in this specific house, in, in this specific studio, is because um, we or I used to experience a lot of this stuff when I was uh, younger. Obviously, um, you know, we've been knowing each other for many years. You've been at the house many times, so you've also experienced some very strange things in this house. And I, and I guess I'll just start out by, you know, by telling my story, if that's fine. It's probably going to take maybe a few minutes, but just I'll, I'll try to put it on a timeline. Um, so yeah, we, we've been living in this house our entire life. And, um, you know, but before I even start the story, I'll just say, you know, it, it's, it, it's a strange, it's strange to 
to talk about this because um looking at it with like objective eyes um i i think it sounds stupid even though i know what i saw i fully believe that it, i wasn't hallucinating i still feel a little ridiculous talking about these things um because it sounds it, it sounds so surreal but you know i'm just gonna start so when i was young i always felt uh, watched in this house and it just meant like it resulted in me not wanting to be alone like at any time I, I just hated to be alone and i've been thinking about that a lot like why 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 was that the case was it early signs of some sort of mental illness i mean some would say it is and i and i think that's a you know i think that there could be an explanation but i'll just continue so when i got a little older i got my own room of course and uh, i was forced to sleep alone a lot of the time because obviously i didn't want to sleep alone because um you know i hated to be alone in the house in the house that we're in right now actually because you know obviously i feel watched but the way i would sort of counter it is first of all i'd sleep with the light on and then i'd place you know a, a very large pillow next to me so that whatever was watching me you know i felt that it couldn't watch me you know it sounds a little strange but it's the truth so and i'd always wake up at midnight which was very strange i didn't know i don't know the specific time that i wake up but it was late night that i wake up every night so i woke up like i always did and i placed the the body pillow whatever it was um awake because when i woke up at night i'd, I'd always go to my parents room because they, they wouldn't really get mad if i did it in the middle of the night but they didn't want me to start sleeping there they want me to feel, fall asleep first in my own bed so i took the, the pillow away and i you know it, it sounds so dumb but i saw um a woman standing um next to my bed maybe one or two meters away from my bed and she was very detailed um you know i could sort of see through her she had curly hair um no emotion on her face she was old she was she was old i think 70 or 80 years old uh, and she was wearing a shirt with stripes like buttons on it all the way down and um from the waist area and below i couldn't i couldn't see anything it was sort of just like um it was sort of just like uh, i i usually describe it as smoke it was just sort of some white stationary thing so obviously i screamed and ran into my parents room and that was sort of it they, they still remember that night but obviously they, did, they, they, they didn't see what i saw so from this point on i feel like that, that was the starting point from from here it just um accelerated and there's this specific sighting that i had for i'd say years i, I think it happened maybe six five six hundred times it happened so often that i still had the same room but my, my bed was placed a little differently so i couldn't use the body pillow anymore and i'd wake up every night you know i was probably maybe six seven years old i wake up every night and then see this um this um how, how can i explain it this thing standing in my doorway and it was sort of shaped like a human um I, it had no details meaning that you know the way i best i can best describe it is, is smoke uh, not stationary smoke it was sort of uh, moving a little bit but smoke uh, sort of formed like a human like you can make out um a head in the top but you couldn't make out arms or legs or anything 
and as I said, this happened maybe six or like six, five, six, seven hundred times. It happened so often, and obviously, I could I could move around. I could uh, talk. I I used to talk with it. Obviously, it didn't answer any of my questions, but I used to ask it, you know, basic questions as to um, what it was, what it wanted with me, like if it could talk or anything. I remember asking those questions, um, and I. I didn't get a response and it would just sort of stand or float there for maybe a minute or so before it slowly got more and more unclear and it sort of vanished up into the roof. Um, and that happened so often, that happened so many times. I was equally scared um, all the time, all of those times. It, 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 I didn't get like less scared of it, which I also, you know, find a little strange. Um, so I was... You know, at this point, uh, every, every we always ate like breakfast with my parents uh, the morning after. So I'd explain what I saw to my parents and they just thought that I was bullshitting. Like, and obviously they did. I mean, I, I would too. It sounds so dumb. But one incident of these um, sort of stood out where I was sleeping, obviously with my lights on. I was probably a little older this time. I think I was eight, eight or nine years old. And I woke up to a, a female voice, a very pleasant sounding female voice saying hello. And I remember thinking that it was my mom waking me up for school. So uh, I just kept sleeping a bit, but for some reason I opened my eyes and the same thing, like the same, uh, you know, what should I call it? The, the, the entity, whatever was standing in my doorway, the exact same position that I'd see every night. And um, obviously, I was at this point, I was scared shitless of that house. I hated to be in that house. I remember when I was alone, I would just um, barricade myself in a room because it was so scary. I felt like I was being haunted around by whatever this was. And I have a lot of small incidents of, of very strange things happening around that age. Um, for one, I mean, I remember being in the bathroom late at night and we had like a, a shower back then that you could sort of see through. It was just see-through glass. And there was a person standing um, in the shower, just taking a shower. You know, I could see the movements of the hand um, just uh, washing him or herself. So I called out my mom because for some reason I thought it was my mom. But when I approached and opened the glass door, no one was in there. And when I closed the glass door again, uh, I could see nothing. So, so things like that uh, happened throughout, you know, my entire childhood. And obviously it made me question my reality because, you know, as I've gotten older, I have, uh, I can sort of look at it with objective eyes and I've been doing some research and there are the thing that I mentioned in the beginning, like with the, with the hallucinatory stuff that some people claim that you hallucinate, that you can possibly hallucinate right after you wake up. And perhaps that could be an explanation of that. But what happened uh, when I got a little older sort of uh, doesn't fit as that explanation. So, I was maybe 11 or 12 years old when this happened. And th this was the freakiest experience of them all. 
like this made me just drop everything and and uh, you know beg my parents to do uh, something about this because it was crazy it was crazy so i was like 11 or 12 and i think i was playing um i was home alone uh, with my mom because i pretended to be sick from school you know i hated school like every kid does so i was like yo mom i'm feeling bad can i stay home and she was like all right if you really feel bad you can stay home so i was staying home i used to do that a lot and um i was playing counter-strike on a map called nuke it was the old nuke you know a great map i was i remember it clearly that i was in t-spawn when my mom came in my room and said that she would go to the bakery because the bakery is like two minutes away from my house because she wanted to get some bread or something like a cake or something so obviously that was fine um when she left the house uh you know a few minutes after she left the house a, like a very large uh, sculpture that was sitting um like over the computer um fell down to my head and obviously i got a little scared not 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 scared i just got a little unsettled by it so i remember um you know going up from the chair and 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 leave the room because I, I was playing demolition i couldn't play competitive because my brother didn't let me i was playing in his room he wanted me to like get the basics right first before i started playing competitive in cs so I was I was a little unsettled and I and I opened the door and and for me to explain this to you you need to understand that our house it has a strange shape to it so you can see every house um sorry you can see every door from every door right so it's sort of like a circle thing and um so I opened the door because I was in my brother's room right and then across the hallway where I'd always see this entity every night um I saw it uh, run I saw it from that position run towards the kitchen area, like very fast. I explained it as running, but you know, it was, I couldn't see the legs because we have like a half wall between our house, but I could see from the torso and up, right? And it was, I'm just going to say, uh, moving or running towards the kitchen area. Um, and if you, if you turn left from the kitchen area, it would have, um, you know, moved towards me. So I remember smashing that door, like I smashed it as hard as I could, and I jump out, I jump out the window, to wait for my mom to uh, come home, right? And uh, you know, I don't really remember much more of that because I just think that I told her what happened, and obviously she didn't believe me because my parents didn't believe me back then, um, and I, I understand why they why they why they didn't believe me because it sounds so crazy, um, but. After this sighting, I convinced my parents to finally do something. And they contacted, like, this old guy. It sounds really, really sketchy. Like, it sounds like he was a scam artist or something. But this old guy, um, it was through my mom's friend. She knew this guy. And he claimed that he could uh, have uh, contact with these, uh, you know, I'll just call them spirits. And the guy said that I was too young to be at the house. So I wasn't at the house at the time. He came when I was in school, like fourth grade. And uh, I came home one day and my parents said that, he, that he'd been here and that, he's, that he'd removed whatever was in the house, right? And from that day on, I never saw anything. I never felt watched. I felt completely uh, free uh, in this house for the first time ever. And that was... You know that, that that was a great feeling um but obviously it's, it's been 
it's a little strange to live with these uh, explanations. I've been telling a few people about it. Um, I've had a discussion once with a very intelligent guy uh, that I actually met through CS as well. And he sort of proposed a theory where he said that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about the brain. And I, I he, did, he couldn't understand why I didn't just accept what I saw as something that my brain was doing unexpectedly. Um, but the reason why I have a hard time accepting that theory is because um, the people living in my house as well were also um, experiencing some very strange thing, uh, very strange things. So I have this older brother. Um, again, I'll have to say very weird, but the toilet is located uh, right around my room, right? And so every time that he he brushes teeth back then, he he, he explained that he felt uh, footsteps right outside the bathroom. And you need to understand that right outside the bathroom is actually uh, um, right outside of my doorway, the the place that I see this thing every night, right? And um, I also have this person living in my house. You know, that's you. You're the other person living in my house because we have my brother, then we have you, and then we have my two parents. And you also had some strange um, experiences. And I wanted to just, you know, just talk about that for a minute. Okay, well, I'll, I can I can do that. But I, I don't think we should just like, I think I'm just going to comment on your experiences there because those sound very interesting. I'm not going to, I'm not discrediting them. But I'm kind of, I'm just building on the, what your friend who you said was very intelligent said. Right. He said that maybe it was something that your brain was just doing. He's right. We don't, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about the human brain. We know it's very fragile, especially children. Um, there's like, there's a misconception that uh, you have to be uh, completely crazy in the head in order to hallucinate. But that's generally false. I mean, there are, especially children, you know, there are many instances of children hallucinating. I know that, um, that I know that it's possible, for example, for children to see like imaginary friends to actually see them, their imaginary friends as hallucinations. I'm think what I'm thinking is that when you're a young child, your brain is simply, it's merely just, it's adapting to reality, but it's not quite there yet. So sometimes some of the stuff that this underdeveloped brain that it doesn't understand, it creates it itself. That's kind of what a hallucination is. That's why when you wake up, you often hallucinate, like or not often, but you can hallucinate, like you said, because the brain is sleeping. So the brain is, well, it's not sleeping, but it's like, it's kind of asleep. There are some things in the brain that, that aren't like active. And so it's creating something itself. Like it's, it's, it's creating a figure or whatever it's trying to like fill in the gaps and i'm not sure what why i mean what what your argument i mean you you i'm going to assume your argument against um, this possibility that it's just it was just hallucinations uh is that other people in your household also saw um stuff and also experienced stuff what would you would you rate it as a high possibility or a low possibility that it was simply hallucinations? 
Um, uh, yeah, so that's a question that I've been um, thinking about for, you know, maybe a decade or so. Mm. And I, I find, I mean, I, I, I don't know, because I want to approach it with, uh, you know, a very objective, um, in a way, in a very objective way. So I won't let my emotions get in the way. I won't say that, you know, you know, I'm sure what I saw, I'm going to dismiss every scientific explanation because perhaps there is. Um, now, obviously, the waking up hallucination thing, obviously, it doesn't work with my last hiding, right? Uh, it doesn't. And it, and it doesn't really work with all the strange things I experienced during the day, right? Um, but... Uh, again, perhaps you can't really approach uh, a topic like this um, with, um, you know, the conventional in, in a conventional scientific way, because perhaps this has to do with, um, you know, very large questions about life itself. Perhaps it has to do with dimensions. I've heard a theory, I'm not sure if it was Einstein. I think it was actually. He made a theory about. Um, you know, sightings of these, uh, you know, we'll just call it ghosts. He made a theory about, about this, where he said that, where he proposed an idea where he said that people who saw these things were perhaps, exp uh, you know, seeing something from a dimension that they shouldn't really have access to. I'm not sure that I should call it dimension, but, you know, maybe in an alternative reality or something. Can I ask a question? Sure. I I'm just going to ask. You know, because I say that I can just I, I say that, um, you know, when I talk about the hallucinations, it's because I know that it's much more common for children to experience hallucinations, because, as I say, their brain is like it's immature and it's still developing and it's still adapting to reality. How old were you when you saw your when you saw you saw your last uh, like vision? Um, I was, you know, as I said, I was uh, 11 or 12. Yeah, because I was playing in your room. I I was because I remember during that time period you had the computer in your room, and so we had to share. You know, I could play like half the time. You could play half the time, and you know that was in that time period. So yeah, I was like eleven, twelve years old. So yeah, what do you make of that? Okay, I mean 11, 11, 12 year olds years old is kind of like when you, when your brain like starts to develop more. It's like around that age. So I would say. You know the your last sighting, like the your age of the last sighting, doesn't you know dismiss that that if your last sighting was at the age of, you know at the age of eighteen or something maybe that would dismiss, but you know the the possibility that it was like hallucinations, I think that's uh, that's open, like uh, it's I open, agree. yeah I agree. it is, but it's hard to say how open it is. Um, I've also. You mentioned my experience. Yeah. I have had some. Uh, I've had mostly minor ones, but I had one which was kind of weird. Um, where I was, uh, and it, what makes this interesting is that you saw the same thing too. Because I was um, in the living room. I remember. How, how old were we? Um, well, I'm three, three years older than you. Um, I think I was probably 11 and you must have been like eight. That's what, around that. And I was in the living room and it was, uh, 
dark, not um, not uh, midnight, but it was uh, it was definitely dark outside. And um, I noticed a figure which was outside, and it seemed to be mo- moving back and forth. It had the uh, structure, the silhouette, the shape of a human, but it didn't have any. Um, I mean, it had like the um, the shape of legs, but its legs didn't move. But it moved back and forth. It, it did it quite slowly. Um, it was, uh, I think, on the grass, uh, moving back and forth, probably um, on a range of about maybe eight meters, moving back and forth, doing it slowly. I thought that was extremely strange. So I, I called you over, and I remember that you said that you saw the same thing as well. And you, I know you say you can't remember it very well. We called your dad over, and he said that he could not see it. And and that was, that's probably why, that's the most bizarre thing to me is that I could see it, you could see it, but our dad could not see it. Our dad is obviously, he was an adult, obviously. And what, what I'm thinking is, well, let me, let me, let me just explain because it, to me, I, I don't believe, I know it's possible to, as I said before, it's possible to have a hallucination. It's possible that I had some sort of hallucination, but I've never ever had anything like that, a visual hallucination. I've never had that in my life. So I want, that would, that's kind of weird. It, it could not possibly have been a light or a, sh- a shadow or something. That was just absolutely no way. I definitely saw it. Like I, I, there's no question that I saw it. And you saw it as well. I don't know. I mean, sometimes, especially when it's children, when there's when they're told something, they're just inclined to believe it, and so it's almost like their brains actually, you know, kind of believe. I don't even know if it's possible for the brain of a child to actually like have like a hallucination just because they're told that something is is right there. But I know. I mean, I know hallucinations are extremely real. I mean. Some people who are, you know, schizophrenic, I know they can literally interact and they can touch like their hallucinations. So it's not like, you know, I can say, oh, the, the shadow seemed so real as an argument for why it wasn't hallucination because hallucinations can seem ec- extremely real. Uh, but I just can't, I just don't have any logical explanation for why, it, for what it was. Like, I still think about that. and I still find it very strange. I don't know. Can you remember that incident? Um, yeah, I remember that incident. And what's interesting about it is, obviously, the most interesting thing is that you you also saw it this time, right? And th- there are a lot of similarities towards uh, what we saw out there in the garden and what I saw, what I used to see every night, right? Because it was, you agree with me that it was shaped as a human, right? Yes. Uh, you could sort of make out the head. Um, and it's 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 it, you know it's it's a common thing in the you know in the paranormal world that that children tend to be able to see these things and adults do, do, do cannot really see these things. And obviously, our dad he couldn't see it. Um, he had no idea what we were talking about. So what do you make? What do you make of a sighting like that? I mean, that's that's one of those things where you. It's one of those things that you just think about for the rest of your life, I think. But I want you to to explain to the viewers another incident that you had 
I remember it was an auditory, auditory, um, perhaps hallucination, perhaps something paranormal. But just talk about the voice that you heard um, a few years ago. So I heard when I was, well, let me just think about how old I was. I must have been 17 or something like that. I was trying to go to sleep. I was drifting off to sleep. As far as I can remember, I wasn't that awake, but I was trying to sleep in my bed. And I was all of a sudden I heard this voice, this female voice. It didn't seem old, but it's hard to tell how old the vo vo voice was, but it was definitely not 70 plus. It said, um, sleep well. And it said it re like really close to my ear and it was like out of nothing. I got so creeped out that I remember I just picked up my phone and I just didn't sleep. So, but how like, were you close to falling asleep at that time? Or had, had you just like closed your eyes? Like explain that. As far as I can remember, I was not close to falling asleep. Um, but it's possible that I remember it wrongly and I was close to falling asleep, but that the voice made me more awake. And therefore, I just remember it as though I wasn't close to falling asleep. I don't put much into this experience uh, in, in, you know, in relation to the previous experience where I have absolutely no logical explanation for it. For this, it's the most logical explanation I can come up with is that I was close to falling asleep and I heard an auditory, I had an auditory hallucination. That seems to me the most likely but the possibility that it was something paranormal is also something that I consider because it's, it's, it sounded like a female voice really close to my ears and it didn't even say anything bad. Right. That was a strange moment. So that experience, you know, as an idol isolated episode, I too wouldn't put a lot of uh, trust in it. I, I, I wouldn't find it very credible, but I find it incredibly interesting that um the so I've, i heard the entity talk to me once as it said hi obviously as i explained earlier and we describe the that voice that you had that voice that i had we describe it in the same way because i remember you told me it was a female voice and it sounded very pleasant and that's exactly what i also heard so i think you, you need to look at it uh, in the bigger picture and not just look at it as a, a completely isolated um, completely isolated incident. I really don't think you should do that, right? Yes, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't look at it from an isolated point of view. I just can tell, like, when there is a logical explanation for something, I I would I'm usually more inclined to go for the logical explanation. Um, but when I'm when I sort of consider what it is. Are we, are we going to talk about what, you know, when people see ghosts and when people hear paranormal voices and stuff like that, in the case that it is actually not just hallucinations, like what are they? Are we, are we going to talk about that? Because that's also a very interesting sure, right now. Okay. Because what I'm thinking, right, here's, here's a theory that I just thought about is that when we when we look at reality you know we see often what's called primary um like primary um, qualities and secondary qualities right so the primary qualities is you know things such as um 
like the shape of an object or how soft or how, how hard an object is, right? But the secondary qualities are things such as color or smell or how a, things, how a thing um, tastes, for example. That's the secondary qualities. Now, the general view of people is that the primary qualities are objective. So the shape of a table or you know how hard you know a rug is for example that's objective to all people that's a part of objective reality but the primary color uh, colors that that's to do with human perception and what i'm thinking right is that when children are when children are uh, children when they're young when the brains are not developed the brains have not yet the brains have not um developed in a way for us to completely um ignore the or like the objective uh, reality like we we how i'm supposed to to say this like we can see things in the objective reality that most other people would be unable to because our brains are not developed enough so for example uh you know imagine imagine if no humans had ears right then we wouldn't then that for us we just wouldn't know what sound is for us sound would not exist in the world Imagine if we couldn't uh, smell anything, then for us, we couldn't imagine, you know, a thing smelling like something that, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Now imagine if, if, if there are any, um, imagine if there are any things like any um, senses that we lack, imagine, you know, if we lack a sense to see like a figure, like of energy, like we, we lack a sense to see energy, but children, do not like that sense because their brains are just developing. Their brains are just kind of, uh, cr you know, being um, created and being developed into um, human-like adult brains. So that's what I'm thinking. If it's actually real, it's possible that it's it's because some people, generally children, but it's but but you know, also a few adults like have access to some sort of like uh, to some sort of thing a kind of an energy that most people do not have access to like they just they just lack that sense and that it's it's real i mean there are you know there are energies walking around but but people almost everybody just can't see them but you almost have to have something wrong with your brain for in order for the brain not to like censor that like what do you think about that theory if that even like made any sense yeah i'm i'm really glad that you brought that up um, not that I have a lot to add, but I'm actually really shaken by what you said. That was a really good theory. I found it to be really plausible. Yes. I, I really find that to be plausible. You know, that was, that was incredible. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, before that, you said, are we going to discuss theories about what, uh, we're just going to say what a ghost is, right? We're just going to call it a ghost. Mm. Are we going to discuss what a ghost is? Um, and this is one thing that I've been thinking about, obviously um the common conception is that a ghost or a spirit is a, a person um that has died and then you know obviously returned in some other form other form of life right um and i and i if 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 that were to be true i feel i i, I can't really um I, I personally don't believe in that theory because um obviously the ghosts are not really interacting with the people that claim to be seeing them. They're not really interacting in ways 
that would indicate that they are trying to make any sort of contact whatsoever. Um, not at all, because let's say I die, right? And I and turn into a ghost. Obviously, if I were a ghost, I'd go around and say, just throw balls at you or, or something like that and just throw stuff at you to, to show you that I was a ghost. So that for me, that is indicating that, that these, again, we're just going to call it ghosts. I don't like that term because it seems a, a little unserious, but we're just going to call it ghosts, right? To me, it seems that ghosts are not uh, conscious, right? It, it doesn't. So if, if I have to come up, if I had to choose a theory right now here on the spot, because I haven't really made up my mind on this, on this yet, then I, then, I feel, then I feel that your theory that you just came with is very, it's very plausible theory. It makes a lot of sense, right? Um, it seems almost as if the people seeing these things are seeing something that they shouldn't really have access to. And they, even though they're seeing it, they don't really have full access to it, right? Because they're only seeing, uh, they seem to only be seeing limited parts of it, right? They only, like, they only hear a few words, they only see them for a few seconds, and they see very abnormal, abnormal things. Like, the things that they're seeing are doing very abnormal things, right? Um, yeah, you want to, do you want to say something? Yeah. Right, I'll just go. Yeah, you know, I just, um, yeah, I, th I think that's also, you know, pretty interesting you said about how you don't think that it's people who are the... I mean, let's assume that my theory is right, that my theory that it's some sort of energy. That's the best reason, that's the best way that I can describe this, is that it's a, a form of, like, energy uh, that we can um, that we can see, that, that we cannot see, but there are some people who, for some reason, have something with their brains... That, so that they actually can see it, especially children, because the brains are not developed enough. So if, if that's actually energy, right? If, if what they can see is energy, that has to be a lot of energy, right? You know, that has to be, a, you know, a lot of energy in one place for it to actually manifest into something. And my question then would be, how does that energy actually come into being? I mean, the, the energy would, would that just create out of, would that just be created out of nowhere? I mean, I'm thinking a person who is alive for 80 years, you know, do you know how, how much energy there is in a person? That like, it's a lot of energy. And I'm, for, I'm not sure. Well, I know it's, you know, a lot. Think about how many calories, you know, we, that, that's, that's pure energy. And when, when we die, where does that energy go? Like, I mean, I, I'm not like, like, pretending to be a scientist. I'm just, I'm just gonna say like, I don't, I don't know where that energy goes. I don't know if the scientist knows where that energy goes, but what if that energy doesn't go away because it's so strong and it just kind of wanders around and only the people who have access to that energy are able to sometimes see it. So that energy, I mean, to me, it's just a, a decent theory that it actually is dead people whose energy has not left Earth yet because it's so great. Right, that, that is a good theory. And, I, and obviously I've been, you know, searching on the internet for some videos and most videos of, of you know ghost related stuff are absolutely ridiculous it's 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 as fake as can be but there are videos uh, of people actually passing away uh, in hospital um, and the minute that they pass away you can see uh, you can see the the energy actually leaving the body right so some people um, would say that, that that's the soul uh, obviously i wouldn't i just say that it's the energy but it's interesting that you that you bring that up because I find it to be a very, you know, it's evidence 
that you leave something behind, right? You don't just die. You don't, your physical body doesn't just die. Obviously your physical body dies, but you leave something behind, you leave your energy behind. And you can see on some cameras that it actually leaves your body the moment that you die, the energy, a lot of the energy. So you can see like the energy crystal? Yeah, a little bit of it, yes. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Right. And um, yeah, we've really covered a lot during this. We have covered a lot. Yeah, we have. And we've gone through, we've gone through some of the best theories, guys. And what I, what I'll just say is that I genuinely like have no freaking idea like about this topic. I don't know. To me, to me, it seems like you know sometimes when people write it off, they do so because they are you no. Know, um, you can almost call it like religious to science. Like they're just like they they believe purely in science and anything that seems out of the realm of science is just dismissed as like some supernatural, you know, legend yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But I think people and you know, it's reasonable. I think it's good that scientists don't, you know, believe in stuff that's not completely proven. But I don't think that we should think that science knows everything. I mean, science that science barely knows anything, you know. Um, and and it's possible that there are I mean there are presumably things that we can't see that we don't have access to going around just like I said earlier if we couldn't see anything we would be able to you know notice um, you know sound waves excuse me if we couldn't hear anything we would be able to notice sound waves all over the place but we would have no idea what it is we couldn't interpret that we could just see the waves ninety percent of the universe is made out of dark matter we have no idea what it is or what it does. Imagine if we like had access to that. Maybe you know, if there are aliens out there, they have access to something where they can like interpret dark matter in a way. And I'm just thinking we shouldn't just you know dismiss this topic as being some something supernatural because it is actually possible that there are things. I mean, we know there are things we don't understand, but you know, is, is there a form of like? Is there energy that we don't that we are in, unable to see and are ghost energy? Uh, I don't know, but I wouldn't completely you know dismiss this theory. It, you know, is it all just you know hallucinations and so on? I also don't know. I want I wouldn't dismiss that. I think that we should just leave all doors open. Thomas, thank you for coming on the podcast. I thought this was a really good. I thought I think we've covered a lot during this i don't even know how long we've been recording for maybe over an hour no 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 uh, maximum 40 minutes 40 minutes yeah all right but i feel like we recovered a lot i feel like it was a really productive conversation I agree. so thanks for coming on and obviously i'll leave your social media in the um, description so thanks for coming on thank you for watching guys